Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Spanish Football Podcast. Delighted to say that Sydney is back from his abysmally timed holiday <laughs> to join us once more. Hello, Sydney. Hi, Philip. How are you? I'm all right. You're back from your holiday and you're thrown right in the deep end once again. Yeah. Um, Champions League means that you've got a busy, busy midweek coming up. Yeah, Manchester City tomorrow night in, in Seville, where I've just arrived. I, I'm, I'm going to actually, I shouldn't have left where I was on holiday because I was relatively close to Seville. Uh, and I've gone all the way to Madrid to come all the way back to Seville again. And then I'll go all the way back up to Madrid to come all the way back to Seville again at the weekend for Betis, because always watch Betis. Absolutely. It's glad, I'm glad to see that you haven't, you haven't forgotten that in your, in your two weeks away on holiday. Um, we'll, we'll talk about match day four in just a second, and it gave us plenty to discuss, but just want to let you guys know that the content keeps coming over at patreon.com forward slash TSFP. We're going to have a Q&A pod out on Tuesday answering your questions, a bonus pod talking this week's Champions League games out on Thursday. Plus very soon uh, we'll see the return of our series TSFP Presents and our Zoom calls with our top tier patrons. There's also the TSFP Discord. Join us. It's about four euros a month. Good value. Lots of Spanish football content. Right, match day four. Uh, It's been really good so far. We've had 27 goals in nine games. So, Sydney, that averages? Uh, Quite a lot. (laughs) Three goals a game. (laughs) It's three a game, yeah. Three a game, we know that. Uh, Well, we saw three in the Friday night game. Uh, all scored by Celta. They beat Cadiz uh, 3-0 at Balaidos. Cadiz, the only side in La Liga without a point and without a goal scored. They look absolutely abysmal. But Barry Aspas is flying. He scored in every game so far for Celta twice on Friday night. Uh, some nice goals as well. Saturday saw uh, Mallorca and Girona draw 1-1. Mallorca thought they'd won it with an 88th minute goal from Raio, but they gave away an injury time penalty, which Samu Saif put away for Girona, it finished one apiece. Then Real Madrid beat Betis 2-1 at the Estadio Santiago Bernabeu, the first home game of the season for Real Madrid. This a meeting of the only two sides which hitherto had 100% records in La Liga, and it was Real Madrid who maintained theirs. Four wins out of four for Carlo Ancelotti's side. Real Sociedad and Atletico Madrid played out a 1-1 draw at the Real Arena, while Sevilla lost 3-0 at home to Barcelona. You were there, Sydney. You witnessed it firsthand. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Then on Sunday, Osasuna made it three wins from three at home. They're absolutely flying at the moment. They scored in injury time to beat Rio 2-1. Espanyol got their first win of the season at San Mamés, a game in which it did not look likely they were going to win. But Martin Brathwaite, on his debut, signed from Barcelona, scoring the only goal of the game uh, to get three points for the Catalans. Villarreal, absolutely flying. Four uh, nil winners over Elche. They're the only side, Sid, in the 136 teams that play in the top flights of England, 
Spain, Italy, France, Germany. I even looked at Portugal and the Netherlands. No other team has not conceded a goal yet. But Villarreal are yet that. to concede. Like are yet to concede a goal. Um, they uh, they look very very comfortable as well in that four 0 win over Elche. And Valencia scored five goals at Mestalla for the first time in five years. Mm. They absolutely thrashed Getafe five uh, one in the Sunday night game. The Monday night game is one for the purist. It's Valladolid against Al- Almeria, but I'll be watching. So I hope you. I won't. As well. You won't. You'll be busy. But I, I will. No, I'll be watching. I won't be watching it because it's at the same time as Real or the other play. So you've oh, got I you've see. got a double ma- double header on a Monday night, and, and unfortunately, the second division wins this one. It, it, it does for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll I'll keep up the um, the TSFP presence. Right. Let's talk about the game at the Estadio Ramon Sanchez Pijuan. You were there for uh, Sevilla nil, Barcelona three. Not sure really where to start with this because so much happened in this game. It gave us so many talking points. It was a game that could realistically have ended maybe 6-2 to Barca, 7-3 maybe. There were, there were chances for both ends, not both ends. And once again, as with last week against Almeria, Sevilla actually started pretty well this game. They mm. didn't score, but they really could have. But then Barca scored and then the third goal... Uh, they were they were tuned up at half time. The third goal right at the start of the second half kind of killed the game. But uh, yeah, there were, there were there there are some positives I guess to take from Sevilla. It's just emotionally they seem a little bit destroyed. Yeah, and 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 it goes back to that phrase we were talking about. Was it last week when after the Almeria game, Julian Lopetegui described Sevilla as a team with a glass jaw? Um, and and because they are, and and he explained that in the build up to this game, he said because we, it feels like we're a team that a la minima, I suppose what you could say, that the slightest setback. We, we kind of go off the rails. We, we lose we lose sight of the game, and, and we don't we don't have that solidity. We don't have that firmness about it, and it doesn't take very much to knock us off our stride. And I think that was demonstrated again because although they were pretty unfortunately one nil down, and I, I suppose you could even go so far as to say you know even at two nil there was maybe a game, but at that point they just kind of disappeared from the match completely. Mm. Um, and and th- one of the things that makes this interesting, and I've been writing about Sevilla today, so this is perhaps a bit fresh in my mind. You look at what's happened so far this season. It's one point from four games. That's their joint worst start ever, if we're taking the start as being just the first four games. Uh, they haven't started this badly since 1981. It's happened, I think, three times in their history. It's never been, it's never been worse than this. They've never reached week four, having lost all four games. Um, and you could sort of write that off and say, well, it's, you know, it just happens, doesn't it? At the start of the season, it doesn't really mean anything. But the nature of the way these games have happened... And some of the recurring themes and the fact that some of these recurring themes fit, uh, fit quite well with what happened to them from about, around about February onwards last year makes you think this is possibly a bit more significant than just slightly weird results. Mm. Um, and, and one of them is exactly, as you say, this good start and not taking their chances. I mean, let me genuinely... Now, I, I'm going to back away from the word genuinely in a minute, OK? But, but bear <laughs> with me for the minute. Genuinely... Right. They could have scored five in the first 15 minutes, Sevilla. Now, the reason I'm going to back away from it is that two, or is it even three of those very clear chances, it turned out the flag was up. Now, in at least one of those cases, I think the flag was up wrongly. So I think had they scored it, then the chances are they would have been given the goal. Although, obviously, that wasn't to be tested because we never actually saw the lines. But you have uh, two extraordinary saves from Marc-André Ter Stegen. One, mm. the, hand, the, the hand that he shoots out to stop um, Ivan Rakitic. Yeah. A really sharp, low save against um, Yusuf Nisiri. Yeah. Now, both of those are, are chances that you should probably score. I, I'm not going to have too much of a go at Rakitic because I think he actually did the right thing and he just was denied by a brilliant save. But Nisiri absolutely should score. 
Yeah. Add to that, the goal that they do score that's ruled out for offside is a pretty clear offside in fairness. You've then got the one where Enesiri cuts inside and has, an, I think, an unforgivably weak shot when he's mm. got a very clear sight of goal. That should go in. Mm. Uh, again, the flag looked like it had gone up, but that's the one that I think might not have been offside. At least I think it was that one. And then you've also got the one where they're running up the pitch and I think it's Lamella rolls it into the path of Acuna, who absolutely mm. slices it wildly off the pitch. And that's in 15 minutes. And these are five really clear sights of goal. Five of them. And, and, and you just think... Oh, and the, sorry, the other one is Isco. Clean through, gets to the edge of the six-yard box and puts it over the bar. Again, mm. that one, I think the flag was up. But I, I, I'd like to see it again because it's right over the top. But the point... I mean, it, I was going to say it doesn't matter that they're offside. Of course it matters that they're offside because maybe you could argue they're not real chances. But these are five or maybe even six really good sights of goal that Sevilla get in mm. the first 15 minutes. And then bang, they get caught in the break and that's it. And I think this tells us something about Barcelona as well as Sevilla, by the way. Because we've seen a Barcelona side that have a variety, that are direct, that can catch you, that don't necessarily need to be at their very best to be decisive. And Rakitic after the game, I don't know that he, I don't think for a minute that he meant this as a dig at Rafa Mir or, or at um, Yusuf and Nasiri. But after the game, he said, well, that's the difference when you've got one of the best strikers in the world. You can put the ball to the left, to the right, in the air, and you know that he'll know what to do with it. He gets half a chance and he takes it. And you've got, yeah, unlike your strikers. Yeah, Rafa and Yusuf Enesiri definitely aren't among the best strikers in the world. Um, they are a frustrating pair who yeah. can do a lot of good things. They can. Seemingly they really score. can. Yeah. yeah, 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 they really can. Um, okay, Sevilla have got a really tough task now to pick themselves up, not least because they've got Man City tomorrow in the, in the Champions League. Uh, then in, in the league, the next three games are uh, Espanyol, Villarreal and Atletico Madrid. So it, it's feasible that they get to match day seven with, with maybe only yeah. three or four points. Who knows? But um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, we'll talk about Barcelona as well because the, 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 there's loads from this game. Uh, Lewandowski once again showing us just how good a footballer he is and what an unbelievably good finisher he is. Okay, we knew that, but he continues to do that. His goal was... It was so good, but at the same time, so, so nonchalant. I mean, yeah. you absolutely knew he was going to score. The ball's played in, brings it down on his chest, sort of swivels and volleys in. There was no way he wasn't, he wasn't going to score. He is, he's the leader of this Barcelona team, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And I think it's really important that, that what we've seen from him is more than just the goals. Now, on the goal, mm. I was at that end. I was behind that goal. And it's exactly as you describe it. When the ball came over to him, he made it look so easy. He made it look like there was never any doubt that he was going to score, to the extent that the chess control isn't so much a control as a setup. It's almost like he knows exactly where he's putting it off his chest. He's not just, right, I'm going to bring this down and then I'm going to shoot. It's like, I'm going to sit it just there for myself. And it's just done with an ease that, that I think was really quite eloquent. I think it says a lot about him and, and obviously the contrast with the, with the finishing at the other end is significant as well. But I think you're right. It's, it, it's everything he does. And it's, you know, as, as Rakitic was saying, you can go to the left to him, you can go to the right to him, you can put it up in the air. He'll do the right thing. He'll drop in. He'll allow players to run beyond him. He, he takes, I think, that, that degree of responsibility as well. And Xavi Landeth was saying after the game that this is a guy who's a really good player who understands what, what Xavi wants from him beyond just the goal scoring. 
I think there's a determination there um, and a leadership there, which is significant, despite obviously not having uh, not having Spanish yet, not having you know the real ability to communicate with his teammates just yet. There is still something about him that I think is driving others on, and it's partly, of course, born of a recognition from others that this is a really special player. But that mm. recognition only lasts for as long as you continue to play that way. Mm. And 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 he's been he's been absolutely fantastic so far. Uh, Jules Conde going back to his former side and not getting a particularly bad reception at no. all. No, 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 no. no. Um, he played right back again for the for the second game, and he provided two assists as well. What, what did you make of his performance? Well, I mean, first of all, I think he's a very good right back. I think it would be a pity if he ended up there all the time, but I think he is a very, very good right back. And, and I think it's really significant as well that I think you're right. It's two assists. I must admit, live the first time I saw it. I wasn't sure whether the second one really counted, if it was him just sort of knocking a corner on. But it's very definitely a head oh, down. No. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. deliberate. Uh, and the pass is brilliant to Lewandowski. It's true that Lewandowski's movement helps to make it. It's true that Sevilla are caught a little bit flat-footed, but it's really, really well delivered. Uh, I, I just think he's a brilliant footballer. I mean, we, we know this. We've been talking about him for the last three years at Sevilla, in particular the last two of them, because maybe in his first season he was overshadowed a little bit by Diego Carlos. But the last couple of years he's been brilliant. And we've seen a lot that he's a defender that can carry the ball out from the back, that has a willingness to play, um, maybe actually too much willingness at times. Mm, mm. And, I, and I think Xavi will be careful with, with, with how, he, how he manages that once Koundé goes into the middle rather than the right-hand side. But, but I think he's a very good, good player indeed. And as you say, the response to him is a few timid whistles, but fundamentally it wasn't, it wasn't uh, hostile at all. No. Uh, big game from Gabby as well tearing yeah. around these are probably the kind of games kind of atmospheres that he that he thrives on not least going back to Seville he's, he's from Seville and uh, again the little the little terrier did uh, did extremely yeah. well he's, he's a brilliant player he's a really good player and, and just as Luis Enrique was saying I think it was the game at Betis that Spain played against Portugal at the start of the summer I think it was after that game Luis Enrique was talking about how one of the problems is that you lot look at Gabby as this kind of feisty midfielder and you don't look at the quality and the technique and, yeah. and so on and I think he's absolutely right that said he is a feisty midfielder mm. he is he is a, and, and I must admit and I'm going to be absolutely honest here I think it's a problem I think I, I don't necessarily think the faceness is a problem but he makes challenges that he just doesn't need to make. He gets cards that he doesn't need to get. And, and, and I actually think that is something that you, you have to be careful, obviously, because you don't want to take some of those elements out of his game. But you need to take some of it out, because mm. otherwise you're going to have him suspended rather a lot. Feisty is a gloriously 1990s North London isn't word. It? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. A, you're a feisty boy. Yeah. <laughs> He's very feisty. Um, all right, there are lots more things that we could talk about, but we want to move on. Ask us questions. We will answer them on our Q&A pod for patrons. If there's something that you want us to talk about, which we haven't on the Monday pod, uh, send us a question for the Q&A pod. Uh, Real Madrid with their um, first home win of the season in their first home game uh, of the season. This was a terrific match to watch yeah. from a neutral perspective. I was uh, um, obviously at work at La Liga TV and I was doing it with Robert Moreno, uh, who... Um, was the former Spain and Granada and Monaco manager and, and he was saying I was like oh this is a great game and he's going nah it's the kind of game the ma- managers don't like these kind of games it's too wild there's no control it's all over the shop this like, is oh, the okay, problem well. with coaches right yeah coaches. Like, you sit there be miserable don't enjoy it this is a great game to watch <laughs> exactly coaches you try and ruin it for all of us yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it was um, it was end it was end to end stuff there was it, um, there were there, there were lots of sort of individual performances that we can pick on but we're gonna we're gonna talk about two one for each yeah. side Chamini 
for Madrid. I think it's important, of course, that this was his first game at the Bernabeu as well. Casemiro's gone. Weight of expectation of him is huge. And his first game in this stadium, and you shouldn't underestimate the power of the Bernabeu, it kind of impacts you as a fan and as a journalist when you go there. So when you go there and you're playing your first home game with a weight of expectation on you, it must be a pretty pressurised environment. It did not look like it was affecting Chamini at all, uh, who has been really, really good in the, in the matches he's contested since Casemiro's departure. I was looking at the statistics earlier, and I'm going to confess that I don't 100% know what these statistics mean, OK? So, uh, so I'm going so I'm 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 to ask you, I'm going to ask you, Charmeni is, according to the statistics uh, on, on Ass's website, which are really quite good, the, the ranking that they do of each player, he is hmm. number one in La Liga for, right. for acciones. In other words, for things he does. Now, is that number of times he comes into contact with the ball, number of um, calculable things he does. But anyway, what it says, he's certainly active. At the very least, it tells you he's active. And, <laughs> number and was, one in actions. Or actionis, what? yeah, exactly. That's why I'm what asking you. Does what mean? does actionis actually mean? Does, does it mean touches on the ball? Does it mean number of plays he's involved in? Does he have to actually be in contact with the ball for it to count as a play? Or is it anything that's measurable? So a tackle presumably counts, a pass would count, a shot would count. So I suppose it's the total number of things you do in any case it's a good stat because it tells you something about a, a player who who is involved it tells you something about as you say a player who doesn't hide who's not overawed by it I think when we look at it as we inevitably will over the course of this season and maybe in particular now at the early part of the season more even than later on in terms of a comparison with Casemiro I think what we are getting is a player who's a bit more dynamic I think we're getting a player who possibly wants to do more with the ball than Casemiro and maybe won't be as static as Casemiro was, which occasionally could be problematic, of course, because mm-hmm. when you don't have a static midfielder, by definition, sometimes that position is uncovered and you, and you get caught. Um, but the early signs of him are really good. I, I, I can't claim to have watched lots of him in France, but spoken to a couple of colleagues who have, and, and they said, look, he is really, really good. But as a recoverer, as a guy who's everywhere, as a guy who ne- isn't necessarily running a game for you, but who stops the other team running a game at any mm. point. And, and, you know, but I, I look at him and I must admit, I see a little bit more than with Casemiro. Mm. Which didn't say better necessarily. I just mean more in terms of variety of different things that he mm. does. I was just checking out Media Coach, the uh, statistics portal, which I've got access to, and he is not uh, leading the way in terms of actions on, on that. What do they call actionis? They call it actions as well. Oh, do they? Yeah, do we know what it means? No, I don't know what it means. <laughs> but he's, uh, he's, he's there or thereabouts, though, definitely. Um, good news for Real Madrid that Chamonix seems to have slotted into this, uh, into this side. Uh, Vinicius Jr. scoring the first goal and, and, and taking it very nicely, and he seems to have led the way offensively for Real Madrid at the start of the season with Karim Benzema being I don't want to say under par but maybe not quite yeah. hitting the heights of, of last season yet maybe that's to be expected maybe that will come but at the moment he's, he's not quite there yet but but Vinicius Junior very much is uh, I want to talk about Sergio Canales and and his performance as well because it was a a, a really all-round brilliant performance not just the goal that he scored that was you know Lole Menos really everything else he did was 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 tremendous and he's one of Spain's best footballers it's a shame he's probably not going to go to the World Cup I mean I don't want to start having this discussion now it's maybe a bit early and I suppose there is time for him to work himself into Luis Enrique's plans but he he really stands out as one of Spain's best footballers certainly in La Liga 
Yeah, he does. I mean, remember uh, last week when I went to the Betis game on, was it the Friday night, I think it was, and we talked about it on the Monday, and I said one of the things about Canales, and it's difficult to find a proper way to define this, is just he makes football better. Mm. He just makes the game better. When the pass comes to him, the move is not normally in as good a shape as it is when the pass goes from him. Mm. He's the one that improves every move. He's the one that has clarity about what he does. He makes the right decisions. His touch is good. He might not be outstanding in terms of doing something outrageous, although I actually think occasionally he does that as well. But it's just the, 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 the quality with which he does everything. And you look back on it, of course, and you think there is two or three things. Well, there's two fundamental things, I suppose, you think about his career. And I don't want to put this from a negative point of view because ultimately, you know, he's achieved a huge amount anyway. Uh, but you look on his career and it's inevitable not to think, sorry, it's inevitable to think, well, I wonder what could have happened if. And obviously the two big questions there are, did he maybe go to Real Madrid a little early? Yes. And of course, fundamentally, the injuries. Um, and, and, and you just wonder if without those two elements or with those two elements falling at slightly different times, whether we would be talking about one of those players that we talk about when we, I wouldn't go so far as to say a Xavi or an Iniesta, but you know that kind of that, that generation of midfielders, Xavi, Iniesta, Cesc, Juan Mata, Santi Cazorla, that kind mm. of player, mm. he sort of fits with that a little bit, doesn't he? He's a, he's a little bit taller than those players. He's possibly a bit more athletic than some of them. Um, but but it definitely fits that, that kind of broad prototype. Uh, you said that top four might be a bit too much to expect for Betis. This is their first defeat of the season. They've got Villarreal up next as well, which should be a, a terrific game. Do you, you're sticking with that even at this early? No, I'm not. No, 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 no. no. I, I've, I've been pleasantly surprised by how good they've been. Okay. Bear in mind that they lost this game 2-1 to Real Madrid, although admittedly Madrid had chances to have won it by more than that. But they did it without William Carvalho, mm-hmm. who wasn't available. And then, of course, with Fekir going off very early. In uh, because of an injury, which which potentially was a penalty, and obviously if 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 Betis score first, then maybe the game is different. I've been very impressed with them. Uh, I think there might be one or two small flaws in a team still, but all round, I think it's a really good team. That's a very clear identity. I think they could possibly do without European football. Mm. Um, that, that that might actually help them uh, in 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 La Liga, and of course they haven't got that uh, that luxury. But I, I I think I I think I'm starting to look at them as, as candidates for it. That said, I still feel that the normal three and Villarreal and maybe Real Sociedad should in theory be stronger than them. But I'm starting to wonder if Sevilla are not, not in that list of four anymore as well. Well, if you look at the table, they've, they've already given up a lot of points, uh, Sevilla, on, on, on the teams yes, that exactly. are, uh, are going to be in that, in that battle for, uh, for fourth spot. Uh, OK, um, quick word about uh, Umar Sadiq, who came off the bench to give uh, uh, La Real a point against Atletico Madrid. Uh, Alvaro Morata had given Atletico the lead before Sadiq's equaliser. It seemed like it came off his hand, to be honest. I, I genuinely don't understand this. Yeah. I don't know if there's something I'm missing. Uh, I don't know if there's some, I, and I've, I've listened to the kind of the refereeing analysis, yeah. um, and and I couldn't discover anything except the dis- debate about whether it hit shoulders rather than it, rather than his forearm. But it looked to me very clearly to be his forearm. Mm. But I mean, it, admittedly, it's a, it's a replay and they can be deceptive. But no, I must admit, I just don't understand it. I, I think it is a clear handball. I might be wrong, but that's certainly the way it looks to uh, me. It stood, and he got a goal on his debut. He actually scored another one as well. Beautiful. That finish, was gorgeous. Which was um, yeah. ruled out for. Uh, for offside um, but yeah he looks like an exciting an exciting signing the kind of player that you're not entirely sure what he's going to do but in theory he's, yeah. he's going to score goals I said this the other day didn't I? I I think on the face of it he's he's a downgrade from Alexander Isak but maybe in terms of goals he won't be mm. 
I think Isak is possibly a better player, um, but maybe in terms of goals he won't be. And Isak had a very strange season last year. Mm. Um, he, as you say, he took that goal really brilliantly. The other thing is, by the way, on that goal, the pass to him from Takekubu is fantastic. And I must confess, I am someone who hasn't always been that impressed by Takekubu. Mm. And, and I'm starting to, to look at him now in this structure and think, maybe this is a place for him. Mm. Maybe this is the kind of place where, where it starts to work. And, and I think Sadiq will, will score a reasonable number of goals because Lareal will create chances. Not loads. Bear in mind that last year, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was it 26 goals in 18 games at home last year? In total, not just there, mm. in, in the whole game. So it's not always that exciting at home. Mm. Can you guess what minute uh, Antoine Griezmann <laughs> came onto the pitch for Atletico Madrid in the game? I, I'm guessing at uh, 62, 3 or 4. Uh, yeah, 63 minutes. Um, <laughs> he always comes on in the 63rd minute. Uh, we told you why uh, weeks ago, and, and, and the, prophecy is, the prophecy is coming true. So, mm. yeah, Antoine Griezmann is, is getting half an hour in, in every game. Um, yeah, he's had 27, 28, 26 and 28 minutes uh, in the four matches yeah. so far. It's not an ideal situation. It is what it is. Uh, we want to talk about Villarreal as well. They won their first home league game of the season. They're playing their home matches at the Ciudad de Valencia Stadium, Levante's ground, until Christmas because the Estadio de la Ceramica is undergoing renovation works. They were very, very comfortable 4 0 winners against yeah. Elche. They scored four. They could easily have scored, well, I was going to say, they could, they could easily have scored 14. They, they could have scored many, many more. They were considerably better than Elche. And I don't know if you've got this impression watching Vieira in the first four games they've been completely comfortable like really comfortable yeah. really sort of in control even when they were away to Atletico Madrid I felt they were pretty controlled and in control of the game and, and playing within themselves as well um, they still haven't conceded a goal they're scoring lots as well this is the season that they've got to step up and, and Unai Emery said afterwards as well you know he said listen when he was asked about their aspirations for the for the for the season, he brought it down a little. But he said, "Listen, he did, didn't he? Yeah, we right. finished seventh the last two seasons behind Real Sociedad and Betis. So our objective is to is to is to get better than that." But then he did also sort of said, "You know, a partir de ahí, and then from there on, if we can find consistency to be able to maybe do something special, algo bonito." So. I think he realises that there's a chance, given that they're not in the Champions League, they're not in the Europa League, they've got the conference, which they will take relatively seriously, but they are definitely prioritising La Liga. They know they've got a really, really good squad of players. I think they see Sevilla being weakened, and they see that, OK, Real Madrid and Barcelona have strengthened. Atletico Madrid haven't been firing on all cylinders for, for a couple of years now. I think they, they, they sense that top four is very much there for the taking. And even maybe top three, who knows? Yeah, I agree with you. And also, I mean, there was that comment from, from Unai Emery last night where he said, look, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona and... and, and They're Real better than us. Are, are, are <laughs> they, are, they are unique. Now, obviously, yeah. you can't say unique when you're talking about three clubs, but I suppose we'll, we'll accept that. He said, and they are above us. Well, obviously, it's not true in the case of Atletico in the league table. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think they are, uh, Villarreal, the best of the rest, I think, in terms of the quality of the squad. That's not to say they will necessarily be it. But I think the point you make is a, is a really, really good one, which... I do think there's a comfort about them. There's a clarity about them, um, which actually was there quite a lot last year when they weren't winning games. They would draw mm. games because you sometimes wondered if they didn't take that extra step. Now, I'm not sure if I can fully put my finger on yet what it is that means they're winning the games instead of drawing them. Although, bear in mind, they've drawn one and that was nil-nil. 
So, so there is, you know, there is yeah. still. I mean, is, that, that was a nil-nil against Getafe. It was really, really yeah. hot. In it was Madrid. ridiculous. It was a, you couldn't really play, basically. In, in, yeah, in, yeah. And, and they had loads of chances. And another day, they would have won two yeah. or three nil. Exactly, just, yeah. Yeah. exactly. And so I look at them, and I think they, I, I, and I think you're right as well. I think Unai Emery knows it, and I think even last year with the Champions League semi-final, Unai Emery knows that it actually wasn't good enough domestically. Mm. Um, and, and, and there's no doubt that's the target this year now of course just because you set something as your target doesn't mean you will get it but here's the thing I think Villarreal are good enough to break up the top three mm. now I don't think they finish above more than one of them but I mm. think they might finish above one of them obviously the likelihood is that would be Atletico if it's any of them mm. I know I, I completely agree with you let's see hopefully we're not getting too carried away uh, with ourselves it is only match day four but they do have ten points from uh, twelve next up is away to Betis so that's going to be something of a test as well and that absolutely is going to be a game you're going to want to watch, which is why Sydney is trekking halfway across the country again to go and see it, correct? <laughs> correct. Uh, before we go, Valencia 5, Getafe 1, in the immortal words of Gennaro Gattuso. Yeah. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes maybe very good. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. They, they were, were really good, woof. weren't they? And, yes. and it, was, it was the intensity, but the quality with it. Uh, I thought Yunus Musa, and we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to labour the point, but playing as an inside midfielder was was exceptional. On mm. two of the goals, his pass that leads to it is is, is gorgeous. Um, they they were just so much better than Getafe, a team that in theory are defensive and are difficult to break down. Admittedly, they were given a bit of a helping hand by Getafe gifting them the third goal 14 seconds after the kickoff. They basically worked it into their own left back corner and then said, here, have the ball. <laughs> oh, thanks very much. With the goalkeeper out of, out of position. Uh, David Sodia then, then dropped the, the header for the fourth. I think it was the fourth, wasn't it? Or was it the fifth? For the fourth of the five goals. But they, the were, fourth, re- yeah. they, they were really, really good. I, I also love Gattuso. Um, did you hear what he said about Tony Latto? Brilliant. He uh, said, yes. He said post-game, he said, <laughs> he said Tony Latto is brilliant. He's perfect. He's, he's, he's so humble. Look, my daughter is only young. She's only 18. But I, Tony would be the ideal man for her. <laughs> <laughs> to which Tony yeah. Latto, I don't know if you saw this today, that he was asked about this. And he said, he said well, I'm, I, I don't know what to say. That's um, very nice of him. But uh, I already have my partner. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, boss. Sorry, don't, boss. Know, yeah. Don't, 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 don't upset you. Um, he also said before the game, he was asked before the game, and he said, I have... I think this is the best squad in the world. And he's not like, and he said, in referring to Valencia's squad, he said, no, 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 I genuinely, not just for me, I genuinely believe this is the best squad in the world. So obviously, I, I don't know how, obviously that's rhetoric, isn't it, from, yeah. from Gattuso. But he's got the, the, the ability, I think, to make players believe that they're, that they're good and to get the best out of players and to, and to improve the players that he's got. And he did specifically ask for a kind of, Profile of player who Team has something losers, to prove. Didn't he? Yeah. Well, he said losers, fracasados. You know, people who have failed, people who have, who, who have lost so far. But I think it's people who have got something to prove. Absolutely. He says, Give me those kind of players, and I will get stuff out of them. I will get something out of them. And we've seen that this season already. They'd lost back-to-back games coming into this one, but they'd performed much better than the results had suggested. And last night they were um, they were sensational. Yeah, so and he see. he was quick to say that, wasn't he? Post game, he said, "Look, I know we've been beaten before, but we are playing well." They, they want the ball. They don't waste it. They play it from the back when they can. There is the intensity that, that you know, the, the kind of caricature says you're going to get from a Gattuso team. But it's not Gattuso the player as a style. And I must admit, I'm already, I don't know about you, a little bit tired of exactly the analysis that I've just given you. 
where you're getting, oh, mm. it's not what you expect from Gattuso. Well, actually, if you look at Gattuso, the manager, it is what you expect from mm. Gattuso. Mm. Um, and, and they've been they've been really, really good. As I say, I really liked Yunus Musi yesterday. Uh, Tony Lato, who, who's a player that doesn't always get many opportunities, not least, of course, because you've got Gaia there, uh, played played exceptionally well. I think Nico's going to be a really... I personally think Nico's a very good footballer. And mm. I think he's going to be really, really important for them. Bear in mind, of course, that this is in the context of the first game at Mestaya post Carlos Soler. And, and yep. you know, it, it, the, the, the potential for this to have gone quite badly wrong, mm. I think, was there, you know, and, mm. and, and, and it didn't. They've got Edison Cavani to come into the team as well when he gets uh, up to up to yes. match fitness as well. So things looking very positive for Valencia at the moment. All right, I'm fully aware that we uh, didn't touch on a number of points that we could have. So if you've got questions that we uh, didn't answer, please send them to us. Q and A pod is going to be out tomorrow. Uh, in the segunda, Albacete are top with 10 points from four games after they won 2-1 at Málaga. Granada a second despite their 1-0 loss at Andorra on Sunday. Alaves and Las Palmas drew 1-1. And Oviedo host Levante this evening, which is what Sydney is going to be doing in his hotel room in Seville. Mm-hmm. And we've got Champions League action this week as well, so we're going to be keeping our eyes uh, on what the Spanish teams do there and also Europa League uh, as well. So uh, make sure you join us on Thursday for our bonus podcast, patreon.com forward slash TSFP. And if you do not want to, it's fine. It's not mandatory. You can join us on Monday for the free podcast out wherever you listen to your pods. Gracias, amigos. Adios. Cheerio. Cheerio.